Do you know what I did last week? Uh, no. Do you remember shrimp eyes? Yeah, they were delicious in cocktail sauce. I mean, full lobster eyes. I've evolved. And I ended up That's eating. just shrimp eyes, but on those little strings. What strings? Like, I think they have, like, little strings that come out. Oh, like, um, I'm thinking of uh, the, what's the square person? And the, the SpongeBob. Yeah, isn't there a character with the little sh- strings and the eyes? Yeah, that's uh, Patrick. I don't know. Or Krabby something. Krabby Mc, Mc <laughs> Hamburger. <laughs> I think you're not wrong. I think it's Krabby Patty or something like that. Yeah. Either way, I evolved and I ended up beating Fire Emblem Warriors. Epic. Completely epic. <clears throat> I want to talk about that. I also, uh, a, a nice box appeared uh, at the doorstep the other day I want to talk about. And uh, I want to talk about other things that we've been doing this week. So We have a lot to talk about. Lots to talk about. As usual. Uh, but before we get there, uh, we're here. We're queer. Now, now give, give me, me my, my entertainment. entertainment. Yes, I did it right. <laughs> So we do have a lot to talk about this week, and uh, I really love this this little rock theme song. Ooh, listen to it. It is a bop and a half. Totally. Ariana who? Um, Lizzo who? Yeah, really, the not Ariana at all. Not even Lizzo at all. But uh, speaking of, wait a sec. Actually, this is a part of our thing that we talk about here. I'm going to start by saying that Lizzo's album is absolute fire. I listened to it, I think, four times driving home from Camp Muskrat the other day. I haven't listened to it yet. It's just I've heard some of the choice songs. Blasphemy. Yeah. No, they're all choice songs. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Every single one of them can be a choice song in the proper context. Every single song. That's a big deal to say that. I mean, no. Uh, well, no. Some other artists have pulled that off. I know. I'm just but saying. it's a difficult, it's a tall order. Um, you love Lizzo. Lizzo means a lot to us. We listened to Lizzo first at camp, uh, camping um, years ago, and it was off just a, taking a chance. This is what happens when you take a chance. Yeah. A friend recommended that we listen to this new artist called Lizzo, which, to be honest, calling what's your favorite Lizzo song? I think one of from this new album. Really? Yeah. I would say Jerome is mine. Yeah. So I took a Lizzo run the other day. Jerome is such a good song, and that song ended it. It was like the big. It's not a bop per se. No, it's not. It's just so powerful. It's so powerful. Um, But if I didn't pick a song from this album, like now. And I think back to her prior, Truth Hurts is amazing. Um, and also, Because I Love You. You know, I thought about like some of these things because um, I did the Lizzo run today on Peloton. Yeah, and me too. And I, they had a lot of new songs in that. I was thinking, what is it like to just have fame like that? Like, I feel like your life is just... And normally it happens pretty quickly, like at least from our perspective. From theirs, I mean, definitely years of work go into it. But um, I think of like somebody similar, like Adele, who's just a, a very strong talent and Lizzo, a very strong talent. And like, what is their day to day like then after something you know, like that happens? I'm going to say something. I think that the pandemic 
completely shifted their day-to-day. And I think that Lizzo, unlike Adele, is someone who has actually been around for a long time prior to the album that we all associate with Lizzo, which was Cause I Love You or whatever the album was that had Cause I Love You in it. Yeah. She was around way long before that. Um, And she just was grinding, doing the thing to get to the end. She wanted to get a big hit. She never really got a big hit. She had a lot of really solid hits that were really great, even by today's standards. But she didn't become as popular until that album had come out. And then when that album came out, I think her day-to-day shifted completely. And she became a headliner for all these different concert venues she was in everyone's ear holes everyone loved her but then the pandemic happened in the midst of her working on her second album which is this album yeah and i'm telling you for sure i think that taught her at least some idea of still reminding herself that she is like a person grounding herself and grounding herself and not and i get that a lot the way she speaks in this album the things that she does the 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 um metaphor not metaphors like the lessons and things the meanings behind the songs very much of it is grounded there's even a song called birthday girl and in it there's like three or four voices of like people who've called in i guess they're friends i don't know um but the fact that they're even there as corny as that sounds is so interesting to me it's like she's still Lizzo. Lizzo. And she's still like a normal person. Her first name is Melissa, by the way. I know. I I heard that on the run yesterday because back to back running days for Lizzo. I mean, yeah, I mean, crazy. Totally. Who else am I going to run to now? I don't know. You need to wait for her third album. Yeah. It's going to be a long time. Well, I'm not mad at that. Mm -hmm. But what I'm like wondering is that we've talked about this before. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast. But we have this concept of the last white blood cell. And this is... um, Tell us about that. Basically, when um, I get sick, I am a big complainer. I'm the worst patient on the planet. If I have a sniffle, I absolutely hate being sick more than anything in the world. That's putting it lightly. Not going to lie. Yeah. I'm a bad, bad patient. And... I am always kind of like looking for that point where I start to feel better. So you're not 100%. You're not even close to 100, but you're, but I'm just crossed that barrier, that moment where your last white blood cell has killed off a a little germy and and it's the the scale to, oh, I'm starting to feel better. And some of you may know it more uh, formally as, crossing the rubicon yeah um but in this household on this podcast on this year day in your ear holes in your ear holes it's known as the last white blood cell and i'm curious to see where that's going with your story now now that we've established the content and so how i want to bring it back is what is the last white blood cell for fame when is it like where your life has drastic has changed enough that you're now a celebrity. Like, and I think of the day to day things that we do without thinking about, like going to the supermarket or taking your garbage to the curb. Like, what is it that happens 
where they're now a celebrity and those things are no longer things that they can easily do. Can I answer that? Yes. So that's from why the, I'm from that's the why first. I'm, <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> this is a two way, you know, bi directional conversation. I'm not just going to pose the questions. I want answers. Um, from my very educated fame opinion, famous person opinion, fame monster. Uh, I there's two ways I'm going to answer this. One is going to be, where is that point where you can't do your day to day? I guess is what you're saying, right? Yeah, because you're being bombarded with like people. Right. Yeah, that like, could be an overnight. So thing. look, if you exactly. So what I'm saying is if you go to the supermarket and you want to pick out a tomato and you want the nicest tomato and you don't want to just take one and grab and go, you want to pick a nice, pretty, yeah. juicy, plump tomato. And you're going to spend a little bit of time at the tomatoes just, you know, oogling them. I think it's ogling. Ogling them. Googling them. Yeah. Gogling. Gogling them. Mm-hmm. Smogling them. All of the logolings, <laughs> you're gonna want to take a little bit of time to figure out which one you want to put in your basket. That's not something that Lizzo can do because it would you would see pictures of her by the tomato stand on TMZ. Why is Lizzo taking so long to pick a tomato? Did you see her latest post? Nobody on would bat an eye if I spent five minutes at the tomato stand. I think if you spend five full minutes at some point, maybe like an employee might be like, okay, that person really is looking for that perfect tomato. I know, but I don't think that they ever would. I don't think that they would care, but somebody would care if Lizzo did it. A hundred percent. Did you see Lizzo's latest Instagram post? No. She is in Target shopping. Really? For like normal things, air quotes, but she's associating them all to names of her album. So there's a song on our album called Coldplay. But did they? But what I want to know is, did they close down the Target so she could do that? Because so that's the, the thing. Instagram is like, post suggests that she's a commoner, a common folk person, just sh- casually shopping around, picking up ice and, uh, well, I don't know, t-shirt, whatever. But I guarantee you that Target was on full lockdown. I was watching the employee. Yeah, that's ringing what I'm saying. Up. That is that employee that is probably well be beyond picked. the last white blood cells. I bet that employee was shaking in their boots mm-hmm. as they were ringing up Lizzo and all of her stuff. She seems and acts like she's really comfortable. She's chill. Like she's I think. super chill. I think she's chill. But I think and also based on how she like we've talked about the thing where she uh, changed the lyrics because she was unknowingly offensive towards a group yeah, of how people wonderful is and that? i think that she's willing to step back and uh, well you can tell the story but the reason why i brought it up is i think that she is a really grounded um celebrity and that i think that the fact she's wi- that she's willing to adjust her art um based on feedback and admit when maybe she made a misstep unknowingly um, that takes a big person, especially and, when you're in the spotlight. Like and she that. did it really quickly. So the story is that she has a song called Girls, G-R-R-R-R-L-S, um, which, fun fact, is also um, the first time, I guess. She she mentions it as one of the first times. I don't know specifically the background, but it's a play off of the song Girls by Beastie Boys, and it uses that sample, that very famous sample. And uh, so she's in it uh, singing... And I love the message. I love it. So it's so clever. The whole thing is wonderful. But in it, she uses a word that was um, she got a lot of feedback from 
the disabled community for this word. And essentially... It was like a word that was popular in the 90s. Yeah, in like the 90s. And uh, she didn't realize... And I, I think the majority of folks who were listening may not have even realized that this was an offensive word. I and wouldn't I think have known. We all learned. Everybody learned from this from this uh, experience that she shouldn't have done that. And, uh, and it's not even that she shouldn't have done she, that. It's that she learned from that. That's she just, really what happened. Yeah, she learned that like a couple people didn't appreciate the choice of words that she put in the song. Yeah, and maybe like, not a couple. The community of people um, yeah, that the song was I mean, a couple rounding, yeah. you know. 200 million, you know, yeah. same. Uh, and so she tweeted and said, sorry, totally my bad, didn't realize, and we're going to fix it. So she, the next day, re-released the song and re-recorded the, the, the line to something different. And it, it just bonkers to me it's such a if cool thing that, that she's able to do that so quickly that make a decision really forget awesome. about artistic integrity no you make the thing right and yeah, she did it right and she did it right but you know what let's all just have a moment of silence for that poor recording studio worker who got mm. called in the late shift so that yeah. lizzo can re-record that that one sound bite. I, know. I was wondering that. Do you think she recorded like on her iPhone in the voice memos <laughs> app and like just sent it to the intern and is like, can you just make this sound good? Because it's really so quick moving that, uh, you know, if you listen to it now, you would not ever even know it's any different. But a uh, shout out to recording artists. Uh, and yeah. Audio and, engineers you know, thank God we work. don't. If it was the 60s, what would happen? They'd have to probably cut the tape glue the tape they'd have to call the glue factory order more glue they'd have to have somebody sticking magnets on the on the tape so that it could record new stuff it'd be crazy so speaking of that i am fascinated by this idea of what happened in the story because you're not we collectively are not aware just how quick moving certain things can be this goes to video games this goes to movies this goes to music whereas in a story like this that change happens it gets pushed to the internet all of the servers we use to download our music adjust and that old song is just poof gone evaporated it not it does it does that even does that version of the song even make it into like the uh library of congress i how like, quickly does that happen i, I don't know this was well, pretty early the, on. the wheels of the government are just slow i mean they haven't been oiled since the the lincoln administration do you do you remember when the movie cats came out what had happened the like controversy first wait of all, was that where they showed their buttholes or something um no but that's funny like cats buttholes like little cheerio holes yeah we're <laughs> I'm just imagining what people, uh, what could cause them. Uh, look, it was already a terrible movie. Well, and yes. there were so many egregious things in it that we couldn't even get through 15 minutes of it. I think we, and so I'm wondering the only thing that they could have possibly adjusted in it to make it less bad is that they originally had cat buttholes in it and now they don't. That is probably what happened. But my version of the story that I read, um, and it's absolutely the wrong one in this case, is that the effects of that first night, that first night that the movie went out to theaters, the effects were horrible. I mean, look, folks, the effects were terrible, full stop. But apparently that first night they were like like PlayStation 1 era. 
Like bad, bad, Didn't bad. Did Andrew graphic. Lloyd Webber like produce it or something? Well, he was the original. Uh, How did this composer, thing get out? Right, that Andrew Lloyd Webber is cats. Yeah, I think right? so. I don't know. What so I'm the movie mixed together real life faces of actors that were, I guess, redigitized so that were they they were completely fake, and then the bodies of like human cats, and I think that original movie. How did that they get day. Meryl Streep? Meryl Streep wasn't on it. I think she was. There were a lot of big names on it, but I don't think Meryl Streep was one of them. The That original day. You need the, to do the Google. I think that she was in it. The effects were absolutely terrible, supposedly. And they were wearing like necklaces and things because, you know, all cats do that. Yeah. And the necklaces were like floating above the the body of the person so there was no like gravity to them they were just sort of like oh, clip God. art style you know um and so what ended up happening people were complaining so much i think judy dench is who you mean oh yeah but still she's a she's a dame uh old deuteronomy is who she was and taylor swift was bumbleerina of course Taylor Swift apparently had a new song in it that was apparently uh, okay, like fine. They 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 made it for the show, but then what happened? The second and third day, the movie theaters were getting like mass like red alert updates to say scrap that old download that we've given you. Here's the new download, and they like re updated and adjusted the movie. So then, my opinion of what you're saying is like you know Library of Congress joke and stuff. But at what point are you allowed to like? update your movie and at what point is it no longer the movie you initially yeah released well that also happened with for movies i know and that happened too with sonic the first sonic he was ugly sonic and then he got updated from the feedback of like the the trailer release that that was beforehand though that's a weird thing but still ugly sonic existed in our in our eye holes we saw ugly sonic and then we saw normal Sonic that was released for the the the, the like full feature. So release. much so that Sonic, the ugly Sonic, was in the Chippendales movie on Disney. I love and that I'm they did dead. that. And they were just they <laughs> went whole hog with it. They were making fun. It was so freaking funny. Okay, how did we get here? Because now we're on. We went from Lizzo to uh, grocery shopping and picking tomatoes to now ugly sonic so i will tell you my initial plan was that i wanted to talk about five things that have absolutely nothing to do with what we just got to <laughs> i didn't even know we were going to go down the lizzo rabbit hole but i will say though there, there's a song on the new lizzo album uh to be loved am i ready holy mcmoley what a bop and then another song called everyone's gay or everybody's gay and what a fun play on words where she's talking about going out to a club where everybody is happy but it's obviously also a big metaphor for safety and comfort and being yourself yeah. and taking the mask off and being who you are, which is why I think Lizzo resonates so well with me because I think she's never inauthentic. As crazy as that sounds, I think she's genuinely in or genuinely as authentic as she can be yeah. as a famous person. When I look at Britney Spears, as much as I love Britney Spears, her Instagram does not elicit to me that she is of the common folk. No, I, I absolutely, I totally agree. I do and agree I think, that yeah. Lizzo's mostly does, you I, know? Yeah. Um, well, listen, I mean, Brittany probably needs some 
a marketing finesse on what she's presenting on yes, Instagram. So sure. let's be honest. Uh, so, and I am also a huge Britney stan. But huge, absolutely. I mean, of course, she's like a goddess. We know that. Um, and look, Lizzo. Apparently, this is now a Lizzo podcast. Every week, this becomes a new, unexpected podcast. Good thing you uh, wrote one bullet point, and we haven't yet gotten to that. Lizzo. <laughs> oh, that that, wait, that was... I brought up Lizzo. Yeah, I'm writing things that we've talked about so that oh, I can... Uh, but you, in your mind hole, had a couple of things you did want to I talk about. I wanted to talk about the Steam Deck. I waited a whole year for the Steam Deck. And I wanted to give like a kind of like a review, I guess, like a proper review. I don't know that there's time for that. I will say that my quick sort of pre-review review, there is absolutely a place for it. Um, and it works the way that they intended to. But there's a lot of things about it that I think um, other companies who do develop hardware have learned lessons earlier on. That they've now fixed. And I think with Valve, they may have a little bit more learning to do. That's my... That's a... Yeah, I think that's a very... quick um, opinion. No, but I think that's a very good short opinion to kind of explain. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know what the Steam Deck is, it is a console, a handheld console made by a software developer named Valve. Well, I mean, look, I think that they're first a software developer. They're, they are definitely a hardware developer, too, though, because... Well, now they are, yeah. Well, they've got no, the they've index, had... They have the, the controller, index, yeah. the Steam Deck now. What else have they made? That's it, I think. They didn't make anything more. Well, I mean, look, they're trying. They're doing their best. Well, that's what I'm saying, and I have a lot more to say about it because it's a really interesting anomaly that includes lots of very specific things that have happened in the gaming industry to allow for the Steam Deck to exist. We talked that's about this, so is. like it, it's basically like a portable PC that you can play PC games on, Steam games. Yes, on, but I like not we, true. You can play like origin games you can play whatever you can install on there which is pretty much anything that's a pc because it's running a pc you can even go as far as like installing windows on there if you wanted to which is pretty bonkers but we were saying that they're like the when we were talking about this after you got it how it's interesting the perspective that they're taking with this they are they built a library of games that are available on steam a huge library of games and now they're coming out and saying, hey, we're making this hardware that will run those portably. Whereas if you think of what like Apple did, they made the pot or the iPod that was, hey, you can put your music on here. And then they came out with the iTunes store that said, hey, here's a store that you can purchase songs on. Yeah, it would be and like so if like the a, Steam Deck was first released where you can put physical discs in of that you already had. Like yeah. you could it would be like if they released the Steam Deck and you took your Genesis games and put them in there to play or your SNES games or your Xbox disc. That's what it would be like, but they did it in reverse. Yeah, it's just you know? it, it, I just think it's There's just a lot of things that I have like it's thoughts still a, about. I think it's phenomenal that it exists and that people have access to something like this, but I just think that there's a lot of ambiguity on its marketing right now. Like it's called the Steam Deck, which suggests that all Steam games are playable. That's not true. There are a swath What would swath, they have called it? The semi Steam Deck. 
more accurate. Mm. Mm-hmm. They could have called it something different and not Steam in the name at all. But the point is that like there's like Halo as an example is a game you can download on Steam, and Halo is runs you know it's run by all the Microsoft um, proprietary stuff. And when that game shows up in my library on Steam on the Steam Deck, it shows like a huge prohibitory symbol, like nope, 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 you're not going to play this, and like that's misleading. And there are other games that are Steam Deck verified, which means a developer has gone through great lengths to make sure that the game acts as perfectly as it could on the Steam Deck, knowing that it's not, uh, I guess, like a full PC, you know? And so I think that confuses me that, like, you need to go looking for the games that will work on it best. Yeah. When yeah. it's supposed to play all of the Steam So it's games. a good convenience, but it's not a a gaming replacement for a PC. If you do at the not moment. have a PC and you wanted to get your feet wet with steam and, and PC games, I do think this is a fantastic entry point. Um, it's, you know, I want to say inexpensive, but it's not like really inexpensive. Um, I think the base model is like three forty nine or three ninety nine or something like that. Yeah. Um. So you're still getting, you know, you're paying a, a lot. Uh, I'd probably wager that you could buy a, uh, like a laptop that is less expensive or, or just about that, that like probably could do more, but for the convenience of it and the, the size, listen, the battery life is kind of garbage. The screen isn't really all that great. Um, I do not like that. There's a lot of bugs in it. Like as in, you know, sometimes the, all the controllers just kind of stop working, but then I restarted and it's fine. It just seems like a lot of, Beta They're testing. still working out. It's the... like not quite beta testing. It's like past beta testing. Yeah. Gamma testing. Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah. Uh, you know, site. Yeah. Well, from the, the, the thing that's most easy to compare it to is that it's a Nintendo switch, but here's the thing. The Nintendo switch does everything that it is supposed to do as advertised. It docks in the thing and immediately shows your content on the screen. You remove it. It magically shows it on the screen of the switch, you know, of the, TV versus switch. Um, this has the ability to do that, but it's like a cumbersome process. Uh, the battery life on the switch is absolutely fantastic. You can remove the joy cons of the switch because all of these things were designed hardware wise to specifically run that way. The, the Good on Nintendo for that. That's to be what honest, I think. Right? From way long ago, that's impressive that they did that from and six years ago. And you know what ago. was really crazy about the switch? And I, we don't have time to go on another tangent, but what I want to say is that the switch was like, crazy and when you saw it initially like when we when we thought about it like and it was first announced and what it can do it didn't really come across as that revolutionary it was kind of like oh well it's a portable gaming system yeah and then a larger screen than like a game boy advance or something yeah and like whoa was i wrong it is so revolutionary and i I feel like they're reaping all the benefits from it and i hope that they continue that um momentum i think maybe for us why we were not as initially shocked is because the wii u was the predecessor to that that we both had and loved and obviously as we know in time it had it was not a success it was like a failure huge failure and i think it only sold like i don't know three million whereas now the switch has like nearly a hundred million like that's the difference in hardware i think we uh we have a third of those we have yeah we literally had two we use one for each of us. And I think why we were not as initially impressed with the switch is because we kind of, in a way had that with the Wii U, you are playing on the handheld or press a button and it comes up on the TV. 
Yeah. And so I think that made us kind of think that the Wii U was in a way a downgrade because you now have to physically be docked. Whereas with the Wii U, you had to, you could just do it wirelessly. Yeah. But now in retrospect, I realized just how wrong we were, how absolutely wrong we were and how much better this version of it is. And I do not want them to mess up whatever the successor of this is. It's so I hope they're having lots of, Lots of meetings, important meetings about what's going to what's going to come next. Yes, this was unexpectedly now a Nintendo Switch podcast. You know, we don't know what this podcast is. It's a it just moves with the the target constantly moves. That's what it is. You know, Uh, but we do have to sign off now so that we can go and stream. Uh, We're streaming Stray, a little uh, cat game. Um, We'll probably talk about more. The next time we have a podcast. Um, so thanks, folks, for tuning in to another podcast, another Airstreamers podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you think about Lizzo or the Steam Deck or the Switch. Um, and we'll see you next time. Bye, folks. Bye, everyone.